This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of That Millwall Podcast. Um, late substitution to the lineup of the Friday Night Live. Um, Mickey is somewhat unavailable this evening. Uh, to start us off, um, anybody who can come up with the most creative reason as to why Mickey isn't joining us tonight will win a prize. Uh, but tonight I'm joined by my uh, glamorous assistant, Joe Zampa. Joe, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Well, let's be honest, he ain't giving uh, Joe Edwards any advice, is he, at the moment, on his tips? So, uh, hopefully, it'll be nowhere near, near him for tomorrow. But I'm I'm good. Um, feeling quite nervous about tomorrow, but also sort of excited, sort of a bit, a bit of mixed emotions there, really. But I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that at great length uh, later as the show goes on. Absolutely. And, and to echo, I'm very well. I'm very well. To echo what you said, I think it's going to be nervy tomorrow. Um, first time. Probably in a while, it's a home game that's been must-win. Um, I know last season it was must-win for different reasons, but this this really feels like it's a we're at desperation point. Um, I'm gonna try, uh, as I say, I'm not as technically gifted as Mickey, so um, you guys are gonna have to bear with me whilst we uh, whilst we rattle through the comments. Uh, Biggie, Ken, Anthony. Uh, Dan, a lot of regulars in the chat, Chris Brown, Peter, Mark, um, evening all. Um, Joe, before we before we get going, um, have you managed to uh, watch Chat with Chaps this week? I, I did. I did. I, I even made a, a comment on, on Twitter or X, what it's called now. And uh, just to say that it was it just felt like it was very kind of heartfelt, quite raw. It was like, you know, you can see it wasn't scripted. It was literally just like, Boom, this is it. All the emotions sort of came out, didn't it? And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people that listened to it, I'm sure, um, felt the same the same way. And, and, you know, he was spot on with everything he said, really. He kind of covered all areas. He was non-biased, as always. And I think he touched on every area that we we, we, we all kind of identify. You know, some choose some areas more than others. Some blame one part more than the other. But I think he kind of looked at all areas. It was really good. So I would definitely say, if you haven't seen it yet, guys, definitely... Uh, Look at the uh, that Millwall podcast uh, YouTube channel, and um, it'll be on the videos there. So definitely worth a worth a look. 
Absolutely. And as I say, as Joe said, if you haven't seen it, um, it's a, I, I would say, um, Joe, I think you messaged in our chat the other day. It's probably one of the best episodes of Chat with Chaps that he's um, he's put out. Very, very heartfelt. Um, what we're doing tonight, uh, we're going to try and have a little bit of structure, and a little bit of order to the proceedings. We know that the topics of conversations are going to be Joe Edwards. They're going to be uh, the players. We're going to you know, probably delve in a little bit, but we're going to try and we're going to decipher basically where we what we think the problems are. A little bit of a, uh, a to and from to and fro between me and Joe. Um, we'll open it up to you guys. Obviously, comments obviously always more than welcome. We'll try and rattle through as many of them as possible. Uh, Ken, good evening. Joe, I believe he's American, so that would potentially be good morning and good afternoon. Andrew. Uh, Rosaline, uh, Lil Lion, Darren, uh, first one, Mickey getting his hair cut. Uh, <laughs> hair transplant went wrong. Uh, Mickey at the den to become our new manager. Mickey went to Turkey. Uh, the ex-fan on the board having a lie down after taking uh, training at Calment Road. Chaps nailed it. Uh, Mickey's caught a last-minute flight to Turkey where he'd been offered a 25% discount for transplant surgery. said he couldn't turn down the offer. Had a dodgy curry last night. And Mickey, his eyes are always watching. He's on the pod account, commenting away. He's gonna remake an, he's gonna make a list of all the names and you've had it now. Oh, he will be, I guarantee you. Wherever he's at the moment, he'll have his phone there looking and spying on us, won't he? I guarantee that. <laughs> Mickey tracking down Aldo. Uh right, guys, before we um before we, we continue, uh, Joey's on the beers. I like that. It's Excellent. It's been a tough week, so I've been waiting for this moment. My first beer for the weekend. <laughs> Whilst mm. Joe starts his, that looks like a Corona. It's a good choice of uh, good choice of a beverage. Uh, I, I wanted to start the show uh, with a clip of Joe Edwards. Uh, it's only a short clip. It's the first part of the interview after the fixture against Ipswich. We will delve a little bit into it. Um, we will delve a little bit into it after, but I just wanted to play this clip first uh, for those of you who haven't seen it. Made such a good start uh, to that in the opening 15, 20 minutes or so. Did confidence really go with that first goal? Yeah, exactly that. Um, it's been it's been happening too often to us as well. I mean, starting starting games well at home isn't uh, anything to be to be screaming and shouting about or expecting to get too much from. You have to you have to play well for for the full game against teams like this. But we we did. We had a clear plan. We knew what we knew what their threats are, and for 25 minutes it was a game. Um, but as is with us at the moment, we 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 make an error that is followed shortly by another error. Um, which firstly are not good enough, you know, we're better than that, they're, they're poor mistakes, but the reality is at the moment, most errors we make, we're, we're getting punished. In so that was Joe Edwards talking about the the um, the Ipswich game, the start of the interview, and the reason why I played that particular clip, and Joe and I are going to try our best to, to, do, um, to, to go through this, he mentions there about the individual errors that are costing us week after week. You've done a little bit of uh, research of your own to suggest that <laughs> 11 goals, or 12 goals, I think it is now. It's, that, it's um, now up to 13, if you, if you want to include uh, Muzz's uh, penalty gave away. But yeah, it's, it's quite to call about 13 goals. For, for the, yeah, for the benefit of the doubt, um, we'll go with 12. I think the penalty was a bit harsh, but that's, you know, it's 3-0 yeah. and that, that time. Individual mistakes are costing us every single week, Joe. And... I, I would like to ask you and the listeners first, um, where do you stand? Is it a case of that the players are just not good enough and are making too many individual errors? Or are they being asked to do a job that they're not quite good enough to do and they don't have the ability to do and that's leading them to make mistakes? What do you think? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, first of all, I mean, no one's perfect. I mean, I'm sure every team, if you look at every match that's played in the championship, you're going to get, you know, probably every game you're going to get a mistake. It's going to cost you. You know, it's not uncommon to make mistakes and concede goals. But the point I'm making is it seems to happen too often um, and too, 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 um, too often, yeah, too, too often with, with us because every goal, look back on our last 13 goals conceded since uh, the Bristol City game. Um, every goal we've conceded, you could identify a mistake, whether it's giving the ball away, whether it's um, you know, not marking a player, whether it's um, scoring an own goal or a goalkeeping error. It's just happening. It's happening too, too often. The reasons why it's happening, I mean, the obvious thing to say is it's probably confidence and maybe ability. Now, on the ability side of things, um, that's probably a little bit unfair because, you know, some players like Wes Harding have been quite consistent in, in the earlier games that played for us. That You know, people have been talking about how well he's been playing and things like that. But I, I think that probably goes towards what Joe Edwards is trying to get him to do. He asked him to play with the ball, play a bit further up the pitch. Um, I'll give you an example of this. So if you if guys, if you remember the game against Ipswich, uh, I think it was the first game, they had a player called Hutchinson, number 20. who was sort of playing that number 10 role. Mm-hmm. He's kind of playing alongside um, their striker at times. And he plays that role where it's very, very hard to pick him up. Now, under, and I hate using Gary Rowett's name here, but under someone like Gary Rowett, for example, he would have someone like a Savile or a Mitchell to drop deep to pick up their number 10 player. But what Joe Edwards is trying to do, he's trying to play us further up the park. So what he's asked our centre-backs to do is to go with the striker. So if they come deep to get the ball, you come straight out with them. Now, we've seen them do this quite often this season. And it's been to good effect. Like, it's paid off sometimes. But what you do is you leave a gaping hole behind them. Now, the trouble is, when you've got Cooper, who's seven foot five, going after Hutchinson, this young, this small, small kid who's fucking rapid and quick, and he's gone right out in no man's land with him. He gets the ball. He turns Cooper. He goes down the right wing. I think, you know, you might have seen it a couple of times. And he just left him for dust. There was also mm-hmm. the instant where he's trying to shield the ball out. I don't know what Cooper's trying to do. And again, Hutchinson just t- took the ball off him and uh, went through. I think Muzzer then went out for a corner. And then from the corner, they, they then scored. So what I'm saying is your defenders are asking to do a lot more now than they've ever done before under the Garrett Rowett era. Um, I mean, I can bore you a bit more with regards to what I try to say here, but under the Gary Rat era, your defenders were, were, were asked to defend very, very low with a low midfield block. And all they're asked to do is just defend, get defend, get the ball and, and go long. Whereas now we're, we're asked to play hard at the pitch, get on the ball and, and start string passes. And go back to what Chaps did on, on his, on his uh, interview, Stephen, I don't think our, our players, our defenders certainly are not good enough to fulfil and implement what Joe Edwards has asked him to do. It's as simple as that. Absolutely. And guys, um, I'm rattling through the comments. There's so many coming through. Really, really appreciate it. There's quite a few of you listening as well at the moment. Uh, I'm going to do what Mickey always does. Please like uh, and subscribe. We are very close to 2,200 subscribers at the moment as well. So if you can get us over that that little hurdle, that would be very much appreciated. Um, I will get us all the comments up on the screen. We will. I have saved a few that I will come back to uh, and we will try and delve in and answer a little bit uh, deeper. Um, Joe, in response to, to what you're saying there, the goals, I, I think the Cooper incident, 
for me was was that I, t- I thought that was shocking. I, someone mm. commented Peter that I was very vocal before half time. He, he um, obviously heard me give a goal on a massive rant about Jake Cooper on uh, Wednesday <laughs> evening. Um, individual mistakes for goals, I think, are it's so common. It's so common. You yourself have been very vocal about it. Fans of other fans have started to really, you know, it's starting to really become draining to watch mm-hmm. the same kind of things happening week after week. Um, news at Den, I don't, I don't know if you want to see the article, did a piece where they they looked at the tactical side of things and where we're perhaps falling a little bit short. And to to, to echo what you said, the first goal, if if Cooper deals with it, it, they don't get the corner and yeah. they they don't score or Murray Wallace and Sarkic one of them call but they both mm. leave it and and again they score and we're also uh, I believe left two on one from that corner because yeah. it actually goes say, short sorry to break your flow there just want to yeah. add that bit I heard and I don't know if it's true apparently Sarkic claimed that ball or wanted that ball but Murray didn't hear him or whatever and then obviously hit out for a corner so again it's a bit of confusion misunderstanding between defender and goalkeeper sorry Steve carry on no, no, absolutely. And so so that's goal one. And yeah, yeah so you get caught from the sh- short corner. That's goal one. Mm. Uh, the second goal, Pete, I don't blame Wes Harding for trying to block yeah. the cross sliding in. That's not where the problem is. Yeah. The problem lies that the bloke that puts the ball across actually runs through the middle of the pitch, goes mm. through probably three or four of our players, just unmarked, ghosted past all of them. And they're all standing there waiting for the offside flag. Uh, mm. Look, I think, you know, the offside trap teams try and play it up and down the country at every level of football, but you still play to the whistle. They just let the guy run through the middle of the team. And mm. again, ball comes across Harding. Perhaps he should get a shout. He might, it doesn't necessarily have to slide, but as a defender, you're going to try and stop that ball coming across. So mm. uh, again, uh, the third goal, I mean, I just be honest with you at this point, I was in just utter despair in my, in my seat, but the third goal, it just looks like a calamity. A ball comes across. Kiefer Moore, who everybody knows their entire game plan, was putting the ball out wide, crossing mm. it into the box and trying to get him on the end of it. Unmarked, free header, bounces into the ground. Harding, I don't know what, what happens there. It, it skims over him. But mm. tactically, tactically, Joe Edwards is sending the players out to play a certain way. Now, I tweeted in the week that I have sympathy with Joe Edwards. But I also am starting to get frustrated with the fact that he's that clearly the players aren't capable to play the way he's asking them to. We've mm-hmm. both said our pieces there and both basically have said that there's there's bigger problems with individuals, essentially. So million dollar question. Why is he still persisting with the three at the back and perhaps trying to play the football that, that our defenders aren't capable? What do you think it is? Um, again, could this stem from his inexperience? I mean, what surprises me is that he's got people there like Adam Barrett, who you think is, you know, quite an experienced coach in a sense that, you know, he's been un- uh, working with Rout for many, many years. He's quite a defensive minded coach himself. Um, what's his purpose? You know, if we're not defending, if we're not carrying out, um, you know, good, good sort of, um, defensive performances, then I don't see what's the point of him being there at the moment, because it just seems like it's all kind of Joe's way. It's all about playing on the front for attacking football. Now, when you look at when Rowett was in charge, and again, sorry, guys, I keep mentioning his name, but I don't know what else we can call him for now, other than his, his name. But the point I'm trying to make is, under Rowett, a game like that on Sunday against Ipswich, we'll probably not win that 1-0, or, you know, or 2-1. 
How often do we play against good teams at home and put good performances, either you know, nick, nick the result or get a draw out of them, gets like like of Burnley and Sheffield United last season, for example. Um, the difference is when we played against shit teams at home, Rowett struggled. We could never break down the other team. Um, we were too defensive minded. There was no creativity. The point I'm trying to make here, so it's got to go around the houses a little bit, is that Joe Edwards has kind of got one style of playing. Now, I think he's tweaked it a little bit after the kind of the, the Coventry losses um, in was it November, I think, like early December, um, when we lost a couple of big, big losses after Sheffield Wednesday. Um, he tweaked it a little bit. But the point I'm making is he hasn't got that kind of all defensive way of playing. And I guess against Ipswich, no matter how bad their form has been of late, they're a good, good side. Dare I say, you need to kind of go all rabbit against Ipswich, play with a, a low defensive line, a low block midfield. Yes, it might stink the place out. Yes, it could be a bit boring. But what you're doing is you're limiting opportunities. You're limiting space behind your defenders. Let's be honest, our defenders don't want to give away space because they've got no pace to get back anyway. But you're playing a low block. Your, your attackers are playing behind the ball. Um, and you're nicking you know, uh, um, a chance or, or a score, or a goal or, or, a, or a set piece on the other way. When you play against Sheffield Wednesday at home tomorrow, that's when you can then go the Joe Edwards way. And I'm really hoping that tomorrow we can play to his strengths, if you like, play a little bit more on the front foot, and then maybe we can we can do well. But certainly against the tougher teams, you've got to be very, very cautious in how you're playing. I just don't think he kind of kind of works out the two different styles. Mentally, it's kind of like, you know, we're going to play this way, that's why we're going to play. We're not going to change our, our, our style too much. And you can see considering 13 goals in, in six games, it's costing us, you know? Absolutely. Um, I mean, there's a couple of comments here. Brian gets a ban for Elbow. Does Ipswich player Elbow's fluent? Will he get the same punishment? Uh, didn't, I wasn't really going to cover this, but um, Joe Brian has been suspended. Obviously, uh, two games left retrospectively. Uh, it's not gone down well, his message from the on his Instagram, is it? I mean, it's not really the, the Millwall way. It's not no. what we're used to. And I think it just goes to show maybe perhaps this, some of the characters that we've got in the team are not quite Millwall-type players. Um, I agree, it's Ken. Uh, coffee way, isn't it? Absolutely. I, I, I mentioned Ashley Barnes um, yeah. from, from Norwich, what, what happened to him, but but nothing there. Uh, nothing. Defence used to concede in no confidence, communication, total confusion. Mm. agree i say a lot of these comments guys i will try and keep up with them as much as i can as i say i do have found respect for mickey that he he does he does <laughs> do a good job with these um edwards needs to change his style of play until the end of the season and play system players strength that it's disposable to get us out of this mess mm. um i i agree with that that comment and as you say as you said joe i've i've been sort of banging the drum a little bit that under Rowett, we had a plan a we mm. didn't have a plan b Mm. Plan A got us relative success, should we say? But mm. when it didn't work, it, it we it just it wasn't the same. And I feel Joe Edwards is kind of in the same bracket. It's just a different way. He's got his style of football, mm. what he wants to do, and what he wants the players to implement. But when push goes to shove, and we need to make changes. The changes we made on um, on Wednesday, it's just the same. It's just different players playing in the same positions. They don't mm. they don't do anything different, really. Mm. Uh, maybe Adam Mayer, um, probably harsh on him. He's not uh, he's not 
had much game time, especially at this level. But it's just it's just changing players for the sake of uh, of, mm. of making substitutions. And I think whilst that comment there um, from Ugar there, uh, he does need to find a slightly different way, or at least a plan B, mm. something a little bit different. Go, going back to um, uh, Ugar's point there, I mean, yeah. I know we kind of had to go for it a little bit in, in the second half um, and go four at the back. But is it me or do you feel we played better? Or was it because Ipswich were freeing them up at that point? If we know what, we're going to sit back and just going to cruise the second half. I just feel that extra player makes a difference for us in, in the middle of the park. When we when we rely on our wing-backs, unless we've got really good wing-backs playing, we can't really affect that 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 formation as well as, as, well as we should. Because when you play the wing-backs, your wing-backs have to be top draw, aren't they? And if they're just average, we're not going to implement them, are we? I'll be honest with you. I went to the Ipswich away game and we were 3-0 down inside 25 minutes or whatever it was there. And it was mm. shocking. It was mm. absolutely shocking. And, and and to the point where just after half time, the Ipswich manager changed all four of his attacking players because he knew that we had nothing whatsoever and yeah. could give his players a rest. And mm. on Wednesday, he bloody well could have done the same thing. He could have taken off all of them front four and played anybody he wanted to in them positions. It made no difference. I mm. agree, maybe we had a little bit more of the ball, but let's be honest, they were they were in second gear. They passed the ball. They moved it around the back. The goalkeeper held onto it for as long as he wanted. I, mm. I see the point, perhaps, of the change of system that may have helped us gain the ball, but it, when the opposition don't need to do anything, it was just quite embarrassing. I I, I I left the ground feeling quite embarrassed at the level of, of the performance. And I know the penalty, um, you know, kind of capped it off. It wasn't a penalty, but, but you know, it's just, it's very, very disappointing. Mm. Um, the, the next point I wanted to come to, uh, again, sort of taking it a little bit from, from Chaps, is the mental this team and I the think... players. You you got some Wi-Fi issues there, Stephen. It's, it's oh. cutting in and out a little bit. Is that just, oh, it's... Well, just your your um, we almost lost you completely. You went off the screen a little I bit. I think yeah, it, yeah, it, it flashed on mine. I'm having a few Wi-Fi issues, so you oh, right, okay. bear with me with it. The mentality of the of this of this group, uh, chaps produced a stat that we haven't come from behind in a game to win for over sixteen months mm. out of ten. What level is the player's confidence at right now? Would you say it's very it's very hard to sort of say because if you listen to what Jared would says about the players, about their attitude in training, um, you know, and and you hear bits and bobs for people that are quite close to the players or, or players' family, there seems that like there's a real togetherness there. You know, I'm not hearing anything at all that's negative. I'm not hearing that you know they're, there's they're, they're really low on confidence, but. I guess confidence is definitely not on a, on, a, on an up at the moment. Um, from what I'm, I'm what I'm fe feeling at the moment is that there's definitely this um, positive attitude. I think in in regards to tomorrow, I think the players are up for it. I think they know what they've got to do. They know what the job is in hand and what they have need to uh, execute tomorrow. Um, and I just hope that luck's with them a little bit. Because I, I guarantee you there's going to be 100 effort from the players. You know, they're all going to want to win this game. They see this is a very, very winnable game. Um, but it's football. You know, all it takes is a bad tackle or a mistimed pass or anything like that. It's going to result in them getting a chance and scoring passes. Then, again, back to Chaps' um, point, we go a goal down. 
you know, are the heads going to drop? Is the confidence going to lower again? We need to make sure that we're switched on and we're focused, you know, eliminate any of these uh, mistakes and errors that, that can happen um, and don't give them a chance. What I'm saying is, you know, don't give them a chance. Play your game, be on the front foot, yes, but don't make it easy and don't give them a chance. You know, don't 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 let anything slip, basically, you know? Absolutely. And I think, look, I think I... Mickey and I had a very good debate on this a couple of weeks ago about the mentality and the confidence of the players. And unfortunately, I just feel like this group have no, they just don't seem to have the fight in them to, 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 to want to, okay, maybe not want, but the fight and the ability to be able to drag themselves out of a hole. I mean, you look at, you look at, at the end of the game, George Savile slumped to, slumped to the floor. Someone who I actually think, again, obviously, I know I'm a fan of his. I didn't think he had a particularly good game on, on, on Wednesday. Not many of them did. But you can see how much it means to some of these players. Others that, you know, might not get it as much. But there's just no fight. There's no leader. There's no, there's no um, you know, that that determination from the from players. And I hope that that when Sean Hutchinson is available to play, that he plays because he, he if he can't do it as club captain, then we, we really are in trouble. But I just feel we're missing someone that that really understands it. And I, I don't want to turn this into a bashing on individual players, but Jake Cooper it isn't, he's not a captain yeah. material. As, as, as it sounds, when you look at, and again, it's, it's horrible of us to kind of pick players out here, but if you look at Jake Cooper, you look at Wes Harding, um, we're asking them to be ball-playing defenders. And with the greatest respect, they are probably the, the least technically gifted ball-playing players we've got in our squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're probably, they're probably going to have the ball more often than any other player in the team. Because as you see it, you know, quite often the ball's been played across the back three and they're, they're trying to pick passes. You know, they're getting a lot of, of the ball, they get a lot of the possession. And when you're not that comfortable on the ball and, and when you're not that kind of... Um, confident in, in, in what you're doing with it, it it's, you're asking players to do something that's out of their comfort zone. Um, I would much rather see, I'd, I'd rather sacrifice the um, the height of Jake Cooper, because that, let's be honest, that's why he's there for, because of his aerial ability, whether it be defending or, or attacking. I'd rather sacrifice Jake Cooper tomorrow and play with two ball-playing centre-halves. Someone like um, Ryan Leonard and maybe Tanganga, if he's, if he's available, with Danny McNamara right back and Murray Wallace uh, left back because yep. if they were having if if, if Leonard and Tangango had to pass the ball around a little bit, I think they're going to feel fairly comfortable on the ball. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, they're not they're not the sort of players that are going to be you know shy. I mean, you've seen the difference when Leonard come on um, when he when he plays like he just looks much more comfortable on the ball. I felt sorry for Tanganga in the previous games because when he's playing in the back three with Wes and Cooper, you know if you're him and yeah, you know, you're you're fairly comfortable on the ball. You're technically you know not a bad player. When you're looking to your left and you're looking to play a pass to somebody, do you really want to be passing that ball to Wes Harding or Jake Cooper? They're under pressure. Yeah, it must be very difficult for him. You can't fill him with confidence when he's trying to play that ball across the back three, and you've got Jake Cooper to the left and, and Wes Harding. You know, absolutely. For the for the benefit of those that are listening to this back on a podcast, we have been joined by a third member of the that Millwall podcast panel it's not mickey we're joined by the the man himself from the the episode of of, of uh, chat with chaps which has gone down absolutely superbly chris how are you this evening my friend 
Good evening, gents. Yeah, um, really good, thank you. Um, yeah, I thought I'd uh, surprise you and, and come on and uh, say hello. Um, you, you. <laughs> he told us he weren't going to come on. He said, stop well, that. I've got well, to bed mate, at nine o'clock and, you know. Well, yeah, usually I'm in bed with my hot water bottle at nine, but I thought I'd come, <laughs> <You've got cocoa. laughs> come on and say hello. Um, and, and do you know what, like, um, I've, I'm... Uh, I don't have the words excited, but I, I'm I'm really looking forward to tomorrow because I think that it's going to give us a lot of answers, regardless, mm. one way or another. I think we're going to find out a lot about this group and a lot about where we're going to be heading in in uh, in weeks to come. So, um, really looking forward to it, and um, yeah, um, hope you're both all right, gents. What was you just discussing? You were talking about Harding. Sorry, I've literally come in blind. So, apologies. To be honest with you, we, we could go off on a tangent, don't we, Steve, a little bit at the moment. We're trying to keep a little bit structured to the show. But I think he was mentioning he was, um, about the, the confidence of the players. Is the confidence low? What's causing you know the confidence to be low? And um, yeah, yeah, I guess what's what's causing these errors. Before we continue, we have got a um a, a Millwall fan over in Belgium at the moment, um, Peter, aka Bob Peters, who's uh, tuned in uh, and listened to the show. So uh, Peter, hope you're well. Hope family's all good, and uh, we'll see you next time you're back over in uh, in London. Well done, Joe. Um, Chris, we're going through a couple of the comments. I said we we didn't want to kind of take away from your video uh, for those who haven't seen it, but we were kind of taking little bits out to try and um, go into a little bit more detail. Where do you stand on um, the the debate between are the players just not very good? Or are they being asked to implement a style of football that they cannot play and that is in itself impacting their ability uh, in-game? I think um, I think I'm going to sit on the fence and I'll say it's a bit of both, which is what, what I said in my um, mm -hmm. sort of, I called it, a, it's, it's not really a post-match, it was just a, a summarisation of where we find ourselves. I think that the players are clearly better than they are showing now because we've not finished four times in the top half of the table and, and flirted with the playoffs twice, two seasons running if, if they weren't. And I think that's that's a, an obvious statement to make. But what is also very, very clear is they are making an abundance of mistakes, right? That is absolutely clear. I mean, Joe, you've... Uh, You've you, you've kind of created a little spreadsheet of the of said <laughs> mistakes, uh, and I'm sure we're going to that earlier. And um, yeah, obviously, when you when you it's a bit like you when you look back at things and you analyze things, although you kind of got an idea of what has happened, when you actually write put pen to paper and you do your research and you look at it, yeah. it does really really shock you, doesn't it? You know, and um, we said earlier chats before um, before you joined us, you know, um, in the last six games we conceded 13 goals. If you want to include Murray Wallace in that penalty giveaway, that's 13 mistakes in our last 13 goals. We're going to be kind to him and say, look, that's 12. We call it 12 out of 13. But that's mm. still a lot of mistakes. And the point I was making to Stephen earlier is that a lot of teams in the championship make mistakes. A lot. You watch every game in the championship, I guarantee there's one mistake at least that costs a, a team that results in a goal. But is it? But I don't feel, feel it happens that often. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, I, I, you watch other championship games. Normally there's some, some good goals, whether it be some good crosses or you know, good pass of moves or long shots, whatever. But I just feel with us, every goal we concede is, is a gift. We don't, they, don't, they don't have to work hard for it, do they? No, I mean, it's, it's, I'll be honest, mate. It's difficult because we don't score many goals. So to analyse... <laughs> The, the, the mistakes the opposition make. Um, I'm just going to pick up one where I'm sure if I was a, a, a Preston fan, for example, I'll be questioning why... Hello, Bobby. I'll be questioning why Zian Fleming was allowed a free header in the box, for example, right? So, like, mm. th- th- there's, there's dependent... I, I think, of course, we analyse our own situation a lot more. But I, but in the same breath, I do think we make more mistakes than others. And um, if you don't mind, I'll just sort of share a little bit about what I said in my video around uh, uh, some some kind of, you know, ob- observations on Jake Cooper. Mm-hmm. Jake Cooper has been, let's be honest, great for us now for a long, long time, right? There was talk and we were worried that we were going to lose him to Rangers for five to eight million not so long mm-hmm. ago. We've said for a long time that possibly him and Hutch were two of the best, if not the best defensive pairing in the league. So that's kind of where they were held in regard. But since Joe Edwards has come in, Jake Cooper has been made to look, let's be honest, piss poor. He has. He's made a lot of mistakes. And then you ask yourself the question, why? Well, from everything I know of Jake Cooper, he is a model professional. You can tell that by the way he applies himself in terms of he's always available, right? He's, he's never injured. He, he is a role model in that regard. So I don't believe for one second that he's not playing for, for Joe or for the club or for the shirt or for, or for the rest of the players. But he keeps making mistakes. So why is that? And I think ultimately that is because he's been asked to do things that he just can't do. And you can't. Something has to change, right? And you can't, unfortunately, you can't go out and change your whole 11. So either the style of football that we are playing changes or the manager changes. Mm. And I think that's where we're coming to. And that, that may not go down very well. And I believe you me, I want Joe Edwards to succeed here because I genuinely think he can take us mm. to that next level. But we've got to get through this season. Chats, can I just... So to your point you're making just there, I've hear again every every fan's got different opinions and, and and different thoughts and reasons why and what we should do and stuff like that. You hear a lot of fans saying, "Listen, let's just play the boring right way at the moment. Let's just see the season out. Let's get some points. Let's get some survive, you know, consistency, and then we'll build in the summer for next season to play the Joe Edwards way." Um, do you agree or disagree with that? Because I don't know about you, there are some games, and I think. You know, towards the end of the season, we'll, we will get some easier games against weaker opposition at home where we can play the Joe Edwards way um, and play on the front foot. Because my my concern is we go too defensively, especially against teams that we, we should be beating at home. I don't want to, I don't want to missing out on opportunities and drawing games nil-nil where we should, be, we should be taking it to them from the first minute and try and win these games. 
So do we just adapt to the team we're playing against? I mean, how, how do you see it? I mean, if there's ever an opportunity to play the Joe Edwards way, it's tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Let, 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 let's be honest. It, it really is. And mm. I think what we are finding is football, football has evolved so much, I think, over the last five years. And you've got players that five years ago, like um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say how it is, like Danny Mack, mm. Hutch, Jake Cooper, Murray Wallace, in an old school 442. Uh, way of playing football we're all very very good top end championship players mm. but football's evolved and it's now mm. more about athleticism than anything else that's just how it is and that is because the the, the, the Premier League with the money that's come into mm. the championship you've kind of got this evolution into the championship and, and, and these players, players and players coming down and players players. There's players, how many English players used to play in the Premier League that can't get in the Premier League anymore because of the influx of foreign players, good foreign players, let's, let's be honest, coming from, from, from abroad, playing in the Premier League, was pushing out all these academy players, all these young English players, and having to join championship clubs. So you're absolutely right there, chaps, that the standard of the championship is so high, it's probably where the Premier League was maybe five or six years ago. It is. It is. Go on, Stephen. I was just going to say that I've started for the guys. There's a couple of comments that are on this subject that I'm going to, I will come back to. I'm not leaving everybody out. Just a couple that I am going to put up just to, just to break the ice just a, a little bit. Uh, this one, absolutely is fantastic. Not very diverse on here. Far too much hair about. Um, Mill Holdings, I do apologise. Um, Mickey will be back next oh, week to, to, <laughs> to, to, to sort that out. Um, but, bringing it back to to the topic at hand um interestingly this is a uh, rosalind a comment that I, I wanted to touch on with you guys uh the lack of fight is contagious half of these players weren't here for the blackburn game last season so they shouldn't have this defeatist mentality now i have just was listening to to what you guys were saying and i, I do much like what you said earlier chris sitting on the fence type of thing i think there's a, a number of, of of factors that are going into the issues at the moment however as a football club the events of the last what eight months nine months have damaged us incredibly behind the scenes i think not making the playoffs was obviously a huge blow to, to everybody for me i think a lot of our players may have thought that was their real opportunity to make the premier league and they blew it and, and, and you don't know how that psychologically will will impact. Maybe not the likes of Zian Fleming or Romain Essay coming through who have longer in the game, but your Jake Coopers, your Murray Wallace, your Sean Hutchinson, probably players like that probably felt that was a, a golden opportunity missed. Sad passing of John Berylson, um, which rocked the club to, to its core. Um, you know, we, the man was was a legend, and and that that it, it clearly impacted us. Gary Rower even said on his podcast that um, it, the club didn't feel the same without him. But I have to agree with the comment from Rosalind that a lot of the players that are in the club at the moment weren't there for for those. They didn't know John particularly well. They didn't have the scarring of the Blackburn fixture. Yes, there's players there. We know that we've still got a lot of Rower's squad, mm. but. When you've got the likes of, you know, Obafemi, Tanganga, Casper Denor, who may have 
may or may not have joined. I think he might join after the the. Um, I think it was John joined in the summer, away. didn't he? I think. Yeah, but he joined after John passed away. I don't think he would mm. have had the the baggage of of him and no. players like you, that. You would have got to know him probably. No, no. Are, are they? Are they? Have they entered an environment that is just that was just so defeatist and so negative that as soon as the chips are down, look where we are. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. We talk a lot about leaders and people stepping up and players staying up, stepping up. And um, there's not many of them, to be honest with you. I think our, our best performance, um, or two best performances, if you like, were the um, the Norwich and QPR games over um, over the Christmas period. And in those two games, I believe, you had um, Hutchison playing at the back. And I think Hutchison probably had his best game. Um, was it away to Bristol City when he scored the winner right at the very end? We, we were excellent away at Bristol City. We yeah. really was. Um, and, and, and also, sorry to interrupt you, Chris, also, we, didn't, we, didn't we play on the front foot that game as well, from memory? I mean, I'm talking about us going all rowet and defensively, but we seemed to kind of take it a bit too there. We made it a game and we were on the front foot. And, you know, Hutchison stepped up and, and made, made a difference for us, didn't he? He did. And um, the Hutch is not a... A typical leader in a sense, you don't see him rollicking players, you mm. don't see him rollicking the ref, but but quite clearly he is our leader because, you know, Cooper is half the player when he's not there. Uh, that's just a fact, right? Yeah. Cooper is, uh, I, I really, he's going for a bad spell, but I really like Jake Cooper and I think he'll leave a legacy at Millwall whenever he leaves us, but mm. he's half the player when Hutch isn't there. And we have... In the, sorry to sort of digress a little bit, but in the summer, God, we've got a big job to do, regardless of what league we're in, because mm. not only are we going to have possibly up to 10 players that we need to recruit from the five that are out of contract and the five that are on loan, but we've got to mm. recruit leadership as yeah. well. In the that, right which, is, players, yeah. which is not easy to do. You know, we were linked with Lewis Travers in the, the summer from, from Blackburn, yeah. Blackburn's captain. He's got yeah. the whip switch and he can't even get a look in. At the time, not many of our, our fans fancied it because we thought we had too many midfielders. Well, but it's not, it's not about having the, the, quant, the quality, the quantity, it's the quantity. And it's more about the personality, isn't it? Because exactly. he is, like you say, he's a leader. He, he was their captain. I mean, what signer he would have been. I think he would have made a, you know, a good contribution in our midfield with the likes of, you know, Casper, Denor and, and, and Savile and, and Honeyman, perhaps, and, and rotating those players. Um, oh, I can't hear. Uh, Stephen, you're on mute, mate. I don't know if it's his Wi-Fi. Maybe Are you can we hear you? Or you can't hear. <laughs> it could be his his, uh, his microphone. But um, yeah, I mean, also a point um, to you, yourself, Chris. Uh, the last game, I know we were resting players. We rested Tanganga. We rested Casper, um, I believe, um, because they're saying we're playing three games in quick succession. Yeah. Um, Oberfemi was ill, we, we believed, so that's why mm -hmm. he, he didn't start and couldn't play. But I'll have a quick look at that list, and we've got eight players that were unavailable. Mm -hmm. And these eight players, I think, if they're fit, they start. End of. So you've got Kevin Nisbet, you've got Hutchinson, I'll even put Longman in there potentially. You know, um, Imaku, I think he, he's, he's worthy of a start if he's fit. If he's fit, he, he starts. Um, Brooke Norton Cuffey, Joe Bryan. Obafemi, Tanganga, 
Yeah, there's eight players there that if you had them at your disposal to start, what a difference it would have made to us having those players. Yeah. Uh, and think... it... Sorry, go on, Chris, go on. No, I was, I was going to say, I think, well, a couple of things. I think that there were some rumours floating around that, was it Tanganga, uh, Denor, and one other were ill in the week. Whether that's true or not, we, we don't know. Mm. Um, but I honestly, I, honestly, this is why I said when I first come on about tomorrow, like I'm genuinely, I don't know what the word is, excited or not, I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm mixed. I, I'm excited, but very, very nervous, I must admit. Yeah, but I think I think we'll we will find out tomorrow whether the the, the players are playing for Edwards or not. I really mm-hmm. think so. like to yeah, Gerard's okay. point there. I, I honestly think we'll find out a lot because to me tomorrow is is, is shit or bust time. Let, let, let's be honest. Like if if Sheffield yeah. Wednesday beat us, all of a sudden they will have a lot of wind in their sails, and 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 it will. I don't know if we come back from that. I really don't. Um, I mean, it, it is a must a must win game. I mean, we mentioned it a few times. Oh, we must win this game. Huddersfield, I think, at home was was a must win game, wasn't it? You know, in in the... how many times do we say it and then we never do? Let we me ask say you it, a question. I know, yeah. but go on. Sorry. Let me ask you both a question. Tomorrow we lose. Okay. Do you sack Edwards? I, I won't personally. I wouldn't. Oh, um, that's I, I, I still feel... It's a hard question, but that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Sheffield Wednesday win, they get 29 points, they'll be four points behind us. We then got, we then got to play Southampton away, we then got to play Watford at home, which is not going to be easy games. I think we can beat Watford at home. Um, but I I think there'll be teams with um, lower budgets, smaller squads, a bit like Plymouth, for example, who will, towards the end of the season, drop down the league. You know, there'll be, be a few of those teams there. And I think you're going to have QPR there or thereabouts. Um, Rotherham are down there. Sheffield Wednesday, I think, will, will still go down. So there's there's going to be three or four teams, I think, will really, really struggle. And I just don't see us being in that batch. I think we're, we're, we're better than them. You know, we just need that bit of luck at the moment. Uh, I, I'll i be honest with you, Joe. I, I really struggle to say that we're better than than those teams at the moment because the standard of our of our plays and and the, the level of performance it as i said earlier, i was embarrassed leaving the ground on on wednesday night it was it no fight no passion no heart nothing yeah. and to, I, I just maybe we have been a bit unlucky with injuries and illness and suspensions but you know as a Millwall fan and, and all of us have different opinions, but I'm, I'm sure we can all agree on the fact that the least you expect is a team that will, will fight and, and try and, and hassle and hurry and at least tr- show that they care. Remain essay, an 18 year old kid. I thought tried to put himself about a bit, might not have been the best player on the pitch, but he tried to put himself about a bit and, and make some tackles. Okay. It, it wasn't as successful, but he tried. Zian Fleming, Someone who only joined the club last year, who has been received pelters from me, as, especially on this show, criticising how well he has been playing. For, in the last couple of games, Fleming has been one of our best players and he's been one of our best players because he's actually showing that he cares mm-hmm. and he's fighting and he's putting himself about a bit. Mm-hmm. So, you know... But, I had Honeyman to that as well. Yeah, yeah. Honeyman, again, putting himself about trying... I, I, look, they're not playing well as in their actual ability and they're not putting in 10 out of 10 performances. But why are 
why are th- a, a three players that have joined the club? George Honeyman's from the north, Stephen Fleming's mm. from Holland, and Romain Essay's a, a kid coming through the academy. Where mm. is this from the rest of the other players? Where, where's that fight? The point that you made, Chris, tomorrow is huge. I'm looking forward to the game because I fully expect our players to come out and show that they are playing for the club, they're playing for their manager, and they're playing for their support. And as you said, mm. we're going to get more answers tomorrow because if we don't get a result, that tells me all you need to know about this group of players. Mm, absolutely. We, 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 need, we need to see it all. We need to see aggression. And um, obviously, we need, to, we need to play some good football. I think they can play good football, get Sheffield Wednesday because they'll give us they'll give us chances and they'll probably let us have the ball a little bit, you know. But, um, yeah, I think it's the fundamentals. And you hear Joe just talk about it quite often, especially in the first few games in being in charge. It's basic football, isn't it? It's the fundamentals that you're um, you're looking for. And that is hard work. That is aggression. You know, that, that's doing all the all the basics right. And then, you know, a, a bit of sprinkler of, of, of skill, whatever you want to call it, that wins you the games. But ultimately, you can't, you know, not do that, which is which is what really frustrates me. When you look at, again, going back to my stats of the mistakes we made, you know, Joe Bryan cost us, you know, three or four goals in the last sort of six games. And it's that kind of attitude. It's almost like, you know, he's a bit la- la- luxurious sort of getting back. He's not really sort of like making determined enough. Even when he concedes a goal, okay, we're not asking him to get on his knees and, and, and beg for forgiveness, but at least show some kind of remorse. You know, I remember going to Coventry um, away the other day and um, I thought West Harding had a reasonably good game. He came over towards the end, one of the last players to, to, to clap us. And all he kept doing was tapping his chest and apologising, saying sorry and clapping and walked off. He was the last person. You know, you'll never see Joe Edwards hold his hand up for the mistakes he's made. And what is that? Is that just he doesn't care? Is it just, it's just, I don't know, we just see, oh, it's just football. I, I, don't, I don't really care. And if you've got that kind of attitude, it's the wrong attitude to have. You know, you want players, you know, as as limited as Wes Harding is technically, at least he's got that fight. At least you can see he cares. He wants it, you know. And I'll probably add Cooper to that, um, uh, Chris, as well, going back to, to your point earlier. Yeah. I, what, one interesting observation my old man said, I, I didn't even clock it at the time, but when... All right, look, the, the whole performance was a shambles. Wes Harding didn't play well, but his own goal was unfortunate. This, you know, it was unfortunate, yeah. It was unfortunate. Not a single player went up to him. No, no one. That's true. Yeah. They just left him. And, it, like, and like, that's just, there is, there is, there seems to be, everyone talks about how, and everyone you speak to connected with the club says there's a really good atmosphere in the dressing room and I'm sick and tired of hearing, hearing of it. I don't give a shite if there's a good dressing room atmosphere. Go out there and show us how good your atmosphere is because you go and perform on the pitch. I'm, I'm sick and tired of hearing all this. I really am. We, we've got to go and win a game of football. I don't care if we win 1-0 tomorrow with an own goal. We have to win. We have to show fight. We have to show... I don't even care if we show ability. I'm past caring of playing nice football. We have to win, and we need to get three points on the table to give us breathing space tomorrow. Because if we don't, we're in big trouble. Because Sheffield Wednesday... If they beat us, we're not only looking, you know, then there's two places up for grabs in the relegation zone as opposed to one. Absolutely. And I also think on that comment there from Bobby, the the, the atmosphere of the supporters, it will be, it is not going to be a nice environment if we go one nil down or two nil or whatever. If we go behind in the game, it's going to be very, very difficult for Joe Edwards. I actually Mm. thought... um, 
you talk about body language and things like that. I, I actually thought from what I saw and pictures and, and looking back on, on social media, Edwards looked broken on yeah. Wednesday. He yeah. looked like a man who just wanted the world to swallow him up and, and just be done with it. And do, do, you, uh, do you blame him though? Do you blame him? I mean, no, no, I don't, I don't, but look, someone said the other day and I can't remember what, what it was in relation to, but if you're, if you, you get a job, it doesn't matter what you do as a profession. I'm sure if you asked all the guys in the comments what they do, that everyone works across a variety of different things. You get a new job and you've always got that new job feeling. You look forward to it. You, you know, you think, right, I'm going to, I'm going to come in. This is my opportunity, especially if it's a, a big opportunity that you've, something that you've desperately wanted for, for your entire life. He got the best start possible ever. 4-0 away victory in, in your first game, played really good football. Okay, admittedly, Sheffield Wednesday were a poor side, but that's you couldn't ask for much more. No. And I imagine, and he's very close with his family, I know um, you guys are too, I'm very, very close to my dad. And the first thing I'd have been doing if I was Joe Edwards, I'd have been on the phone to my dad going, Dad, you, well, I thought, what, you know, I'd have been absolutely buzzing with it. Can you imagine what it's like for Joe Edwards to be on the phone to his parents, to his friends, to his family, even the face and the players, it, he's just a broken man. He's just a broken man and he needs something. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if he's going to be here for much longer if results don't turn. I do feel sorry for him, but at the same time, yep. it is his job. It is his job to turn this around and and, and get these players playing. And, and unfortunately, um, tomorrow is, is, is for me, is, is do or die. What, what if, what if we have the performance of the year tomorrow. We um, absolutely take it to them. We, we end up winning 3-0 or 4-0 and everyone's singing Joe Edwards' name and everything else. It, I mean, that, that, just, that pulls us slightly in a better position depending on what other results going our way. But where do we go from there? Is that is that it? Are we, are we kind of almost safe psychologically or do you still envisage there being a, a, a problem going forward? Because you know, one game is not going to change it, is it? I, I would have thought. No, I mean, I, I, I'm i hoping one of the problems we've got at the minute is confidence. Mm. And I think getting three points on the board mm-hmm. with a good performance will instill confidence. I also think that point you alluded to earlier, Joe, that we've got players that are either injured or coming back to fitness. We need to get our best players on the pitch and playing regularly. You know, every single game, there's four changes. Yeah. And we, we can't have that. You know, we need... You know, let, let's go for it. Our best players, technically, technically, whether they're fit or not, are probably Zian Fleming, Casper Denor, Michael Obafemi. I know he's been here two minutes, but I followed his career. I know how good he can be. Tanganga, and I'd probably put Ryan Leonard up there to be honest. I think he's been phenomenal. Mm. Like those players, we need to get on the pitch as much as possible because they're, they're going to be the difference makers. And like, maybe. I'm always said you make your own luck in football, but maybe we have had a bit of bad luck with the injuries. Look at the bench, by the way, on Wednesday night. Look yeah. at the players that Ipswich brought onto the field and look at the bench that we had available. They, they, they brought on probably their best player, didn't they? Um, second yeah. half. Yeah, they did. It's Chaplin. It's Chaplin, wasn't it? Chaplin, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chaplin. I mean, he's sitting on the bench. You know, they make, yeah. they make a last-minute substitution of Caden Jackson that would probably walk into our team in a minute. Yeah. Like it's 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 crazy, and this is Ipswich, a team that's yeah. come up from from League One last season. Yeah, um, 
it just shows you how far other teams have managed to develop. And I don't want to necessarily, well, we can do, we can get into what we want, but it goes back to recruitment. Mm. It really mm-hmm. does. What's your thoughts on, on uh, I know we haven't got much choice, man, but what's your thoughts on, on Bradshaw at the moment? I mean, I can't remember the last time he scored for us. And um, it just seems like for all he's running around and pressing and everything else, like I just I just feel we haven't got no presence up, up front at all. It was quite interesting because when he made a few substitutions and I think he then moved Fleming up front for the last 10 minutes, the last game, although he didn't get a lot of the ball, I just suddenly felt a presence. I felt there was somebody up front who can hold the ball, you know, and, and drop it or whatever. And, you know, it, it, I just don't quite understand that, you know. I mean, As, um, as Peter, who's listening, will allude to, I've been screaming for Fleming to be moved central. Shoving him out wide doesn't yeah, work. Me too. Let's be yeah. honest, it don't. He's not a winger. He's not blessed no. with pace. It's just not. It, it's almost as if, I'm not comparing the two players. I'm really, really not. But when Neil Harris used to use Aidan O'Brien, it was a case of, oh, well, we need to put someone on the left. So we'll just, it, it, that'll do type thing. Yeah. Fleming, he wants Fleming to play, but he doesn't, he, he wants to play the system. So that's where he gets shoved. Yeah. I, tomorrow, dependent on Abba Femi, um, whatever goes on with him, I don't know if he's going to be back or not. I would be starting with Sian Fleming as a striker tomorrow 100% get him in the middle I've always made comparisons between um, uh, Fleming and Gukaris last season as in you know they're both kind of built very similar you know they've both got um, you know technically you know that they're quite gifted you know on the ball they've got an eye for goal clearly Um, they can score where it be headers or, or, or shots whatever and I've said for a long time, I'd love to see Fleming play further up the pitch. But of course, when you've got someone like Oberfemi at your disposal, you can't afford to leave him on the bench and not play him. So it's a system change for me. You know, whether we go with a four at the back or even a five, with a three across the midfield, and then maybe play um, Fleming up front with Oberfemi. I mean, I wouldn't be adverse to seeing a three-five-two formation with uh, Oberfemi and Fleming up front and a midfield three with um, Honeyman, Savile and Denor. Denor? Uh, as a free, we can throw Mitchell in there if you prefer, you know. Gents, you, you, you were there the other night. I wasn't. And um, I, I, I I watched bits and bobs of the game. I, I couldn't for, for work purposes. But whenever I did flick through in the second half, it looked like Denor was playing further forward than normal. He kept interchanging. I saw that as well. There was one moment when Savile was yeah, almost sitting back. Yeah. And you, got Honeyman, you had Honeyman and um, Denor further, further mm-hmm. forward. And then you had Denor step back into the sort of DM position again and left Honeyman up there. And then one minute I saw uh, Savile so high up the pitch, he was ahead of Bradshaw and he was pressing the defenders down. It just seemed that they were kind of almost like interchanging a little bit. So whether that's something he's, he's been up there being asked to do or told to do, or whether they just done it, you know, ad hoc, if you like. I don't, I don't quite understand what happened there. But for me, I would much rather see Casper. Um, playing in a number kind of eight role, you know, like a box to box. Get he likes being on the ball, he likes carrying the ball, he likes being busy. I don't want to see him pass, sat- no one else in our team can find. Yeah, I, it, uh-huh. early in the season I've seen him unlock unlock, you know, so many defensive with his through balls, you know, it makes a big difference. But I think you need you you do need him further up the up the pitch. Having him playing so deep, I think you're you're losing um mm-hmm. his main attributes. Joe, uh, so. another option could be to play so, John, you know I'm just going to tell you the team I play tomorrow. If everyone's available, so let's let's, let's yeah. do it. So, 
I would keep Sarkic in goal. That may or may not be a, a, a popular call. Before, think... Sorry, Chris, can I just interject there? Once oh, you do your team, once you do your team, yep. uh, I've got a comment regarding Sarkic and we'll do a piece on him. But it's interesting that you would stick with him. But carry on. OK, all right. So I'll justify it then. So I'd stick with Sarkic. Does he convince me? No. Does he fill me with confidence? No. Do I panic every time he comes for a cross? Yes. But do I think it's the right time to change the goalkeeper? No, I don't. So yeah, I'd stick with Sarkic. Uh, my back three would be, I'd play Leonard left centre-back because I think he can play there because he's missed the versatility. Mm. Assumption is that Hutch is still not fit um, and I don't believe he is. So uh, therefore, I would play Cooper in the centre where he's okay. Mm. Uh, and then I'd play Tangang on the right. Then the wing-backs, you've got to bring Norton Cuffey in. So Norton mm. Cuffey, if he's fit on the right. On the left... I suppose it's by default Murray Wallace, but maybe you give the kid a game and put Mayer in. Don't know. Just an option. Um, my mm. midfield two would be Honeyman and Denor. I would then play Essay in the pocket. To me, he's not a wide man. So I put him, um, yeah. I put him in the pocket and then I would play Fleming and Obafemi up top. That would I be my that. thing. I love that. I love that, yeah. I, I, I personally think that's where Essay's best position is, chaps. I prefer him in that number 10. Um, almost freeing him up of defensive responsibilities. Yes, you've got to fill in when you haven't got the ball transition. You then got to step into midfield and you know and, and, and block any 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 lines that you might might be left open. But ultimately, you're not having to track back. You're not having to chase a a fullback that's making a a run forward like he would do if you're playing out wide. And um, and, I, and I think he actually plays better on the ball. You know, when he get, when he gets that ball and he turns. And he's running at players and, and and making things happen. He looks so much more effective there. But the reason why he's not getting an opportunity to play there often is because uh, Zian Fleming's there. But again, like you said, chaps, playing further up the pitch, and I agree with what Stephen's saying. Playing him up up the pitch with Fleming behind, I think that that is a system that will work. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on the subject, Joe will come to our teams in a minute, but I'm gonna. I'm going to talk about No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Uh Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.